last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. No, and if you haven't seen the show, go back and watch from the beginning. I, I, I'm always amazed that this show doesn't get the attention it deserves, I find. You know, when, whenever you start talking to people about, like, TV shows and Netflix and binge-watching stuff, it's like, no one is like, oh, the Americans, is that good? I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's amazing. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. Hello. Skippy! How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be chatting with you. It's been a month. We haven't recorded an episode since almost a month, right? Yeah, you know, we're not the only people who took a month off. Who else? Jay and Dan are taking the entire month of August off. Oh, God. They're out in cottage country somewhere. Who knows what they're doing? But uh, anyway, so yeah. like that's normal. We need to take a month off. Yeah. Well, we did a smart move because we 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 recorded some episodes, you know, had them, as you say, in the can. Mm. So the listeners could still, you know, hear from us even while we're kind of on a mini hiatus. Exactly. But we had to record today. There was no two ways about it. Absolutely. And by the way, when you take a month off from anything... Yeah. It's always difficult to get back into it. Not this. This is easy. It's easy, but we both had technical difficulties a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's true. It's like we forgot what we're doing. Well, and it's not even us because we know what we're doing, but my computer has changed in the last month. Computers, they have a mind of their own. Sometimes they really you just do. can't figure it out. They really do. Yeah. So I can't vouch for the sound quality of today's episode. No, it's going to be fine. Okay. So like everybody knows... You're in Toronto. I am. I'm in Montreal. And if you listen to any of our past 106 episodes, Mm -hmm. we actually, if you go on like the, uh, on our website, skipandjosh.com, at the bottom, there's what they call like the, uh, the word cloud. Yeah. Right. And you'll see prominently in that word cloud in big, bold, Duke. (laughs) Right. Yes. And you're wearing a Duke hat. On our website. I am, yeah. So, you know, Montreal, Toronto, we're both huge Dukies. And what's happening this week? Duke, men's basketball team, is in your city. And they will be in my city on the weekend. And we will both be going to see their games. They're playing two games in Toronto, right? Against Ryerson and who? U of T. U of T. And they're playing against McGill here. That's right. And uh, I'm surprised they're not playing against Concordia. (laughs) I was thinking about that too, but maybe they, uh, who knows? Who knows? Like you said, it always comes, it probably comes down to money. There's a promoter promoting this, right? There is. But also Presum- I think it has to do with number of days they, they want to spend out of town. Right. The more days they spend out of town, the more expensive it costs. So, you know, all that being said, you know, Duke being in our home cities and I know they are in your home city today. How do you know that? Because I heard you had a bit of an adventure today. I'd like you to tell, I'm going to sit back and relax and you're just going to tell everybody everything that happened today. It's going to be like a major, major, um, like a monologue. Let's go. College basketball. This could be long, so fasten your seatbelts. Don't worry. I'm sure I'll be interrupting you. As okay. Always. So, um, so you are correct. The Duke Blue Devils basketball team 
arrived in Toronto today and uh, they had a press conference at their hotel downtown and I went. Um, mm-hmm. It started a little bit after two o'clock. So the way it worked was uh, Coach K was first on the podium for about half an hour and then he left and they brought in three players, RJ Barrett, Javin Delorier, and Jack White. Mm-hmm. And so I have to tell you, the players, it's like they have nothing to say actually. Right. They they answer very short answers, one word answers sometimes. Um, I think they've gone through the media training. I'm sure. As soon as they enroll at Duke or a big school like that, and they're And so now we'll never hear anything interesting from these players until they're like fifty years old and retired. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, so I arrived at the press conference and I was one of the first ones there. Um, and so I sat in the front row because I wanted to make sure that A, I could put my phone on the table so that I could record the whole thing and B, that I'd be able to ask a question. And so um, Coach K opened up the press conference by saying, you know, how excited they are to be there. And right. also that, you know, they're only allowed to do a trip like this once every four years. Um, and then of course he's been the coach of the Olympic team for the last number of years. And so he hasn't had this opportunity at this time of year. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then I decided I would ask the first question of the press conference. Wait, 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 wait. So you asked the first question, you, me, you, well, there were only <laughs> about, I don't know, 10 or 15 people there. Because usually at these big, I guess it wasn't a big press conference. I was going to say usually at these big press conferences, but like you said, it was pretty small. Well, the thing is, if it was something like, if it was something like a Grey Cup, then, you know, maybe there's a reporter yeah. that that uh, routinely asks the first question at the Grey yeah. Cup. But this isn't yeah. an annual thing. This has never happened before. Right. So. So what did you ask? So I asked him, I said, I asked Coach K, I said, um, you know, the new NCAA rules which will allow certain players to have agents and w- which will also allow, um, I should call them student athletes, to, um, if, they, if they get invited to the NBA combine and they don't get picked in the NBA draft, then they're allowed to go back to school. Right. So I asked I was, him. I've been reading about these rules all week. People are not thrilled with them. Right. Most, most pundits seem to think they're kind of useless. Yeah. So I asked him what, what sort of effect it would have on college basketball in general and what effect it would have on, on Duke's basketball program specifically. Um, so I'm not going to go into his long-winded answer. Um, mm-hmm. We can play a clip of the, uh, of the interview and the listeners will hear what he said. Um, with the new rules that came out last week regarding players allowed, being allowed to have agents and also if a, if a student athlete, I should say, um, enters the NBA draft and doesn't get selected, he's allowed to go back to school. A, how will that affect college basketball? And B, how do you think it'll affect your program specifically? Yeah, you know, the the thing about going back, I don't think it'll have an effect on anybody. You know, because you're dealing, you have to be invited to the combine and be undrafted. It's not just any kid that goes into the draft. You have to be one of the 65, 70 guys that were invited to the NBA combine. Then if you're not drafted, you'd be allowed to come back. Uh, I think there were only half a dozen of those kids this year, and I, I think for the most part those kids would have all, would still go to the pros. I think that has will have minimal, minimal uh, impact on college basketball, and I don't think it will have any impact on our program. The fact of having uh, uh, agents, you know, really – 
I think that's put in primarily, first of all, for whenever, if they ever change the rule, the NBA, uh, to allow high school kids to enter the draft, uh, that's when that part of that legislation would come in. So we're talking something that will happen at least four years down the road, maybe, and maybe never happen. <clears throat> and then if a kid does declare, he could have an agent during the period that up till the combine and then decide to come back. I'm not sure how that'll work. I don't know how you have an agent and then don't have an agent once you're in college. So I think they put out a lot of these things without it necessarily being coordinated yet. In fact, I know a number of those things have not been coordinated, and some of these things may never happen. But they, uh, they're interesting. They're interesting. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the more reality stuff is for us, like a recruiting calendar and stuff like that, that is going to happen. And but these things, um, I think they they made the ticker. Well, you know, I mean, like they they got you into the restaurant. And then whether you buy the meal or not, now uh, we'll we'll see. So anyway, so then then the players came in, and I didn't ask any questions, and all the people there were asking the same questions, whether it was to Coach K or to the players. It mm. was you know. For example, they asked Coach K, when was the first time you heard of R.J. Barrett? And and what did you think of him the first time you saw him? And, you know, what yeah, skills yeah. does he bring to your team? And um, well, I mean, look, Barrett's Canadian. He's from Toronto. So obviously the focus is on him, right? But Yeah. Yeah. So, but actually Coach K was, was very interesting and, and sometimes funny as well, you know, because they were, he, they were asking him about what he thought of the Canadian basketball program because they, the, the under 18 team won a gold, if I'm not mistaken, um, just about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. Um, yeah. I don't remember which, uh, which event it was at, but they won a gold. And so, you know, he was trying to say nice things about the Canadian basketball program, but he also said, as well as I hope Canada does, I hope they win a lot of silvers because I right. want well, USA. I want USA to win all the golds. <laughs> what is he so, supposed to say? Exactly. Right? So, so it was funny. Yeah. So I closed out the um, the press conference by asking by asking Coach K how difficult the decision how difficult the decision it was for him to stop coaching the Olympic team. Right. And, what did he and, say about that? He said it wasn't difficult at all. He'd been <laughs> he'd been doing it for a number of years and. You know, it was time to move on. So he compared it to the military where, you know, you're you're the head of the military for X number of years and there's a secession plan and you're supposed to leave things better for the next person than when the way you found them. And so, right. you know, he knew that Greg Popovich wanted to be the coach and um, it was time for him to move on. And now he gets to spend more time with his own Duke team. So okay. really, he seemed he seemed at peace with the whole thing. Was there a lot of uh, extra cameramen there? Because I know Duke is doing a kind of, well, Duke, Duke's not doing, ESPN is doing, Duke's cooperating with it in a kind of hard knock style show, like where they're giving all access to everything going on in the preseason, of which this obviously is a big deal, this turn, this three games in Canada. Like, was there a lot of so, so there cameras were two, and stuff? There were two main cameras. TSN had a camera there and, and Sportsnet had a camera there. And of right, course, okay. they were focused on the podium. Um right. Then there were a couple of other cameras and 
one of the people operating, one of them had a Duke golf shirt. So I don't know if he okay. works for Duke or what the story is, but he was focused on the people asking the questions, oh. not, not the, not the people answering the questions. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so possibly that's going, that footage is going to be used in the, uh, in the documentary or whatever it is they're, they're doing. It should, it should be really interesting to see the show because it's like kind of like the first time we've ever seen Duke or like a major college basketball program, like what goes on in practice, what goes on, you know, in the off season, you know, I mean, I mean, who knows what they're going to show us. They're going to show us exactly what they want to show us. It's not going to be hard hitting journalism, <laughs> but still for Duke fans, I guess it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I didn't even know about it till you just told me about it earlier today. So, um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Mm -hmm. So then, with press conference ended, and you know, I gathered my things. I had two mobile phones. One I was recording the audio. One I was taking pictures with. You're like Mr. Big Shot. Two phones. Press conference. Coach K. Yeah, he was literally so close to me. It was insane, and and I was nervous (laughs) when I was asking the questions. Um, if I was you sta- there, like sitting in the front row, like I, I don't know if I could have asked the question. I think I would be too nervous. But you're you're not like that. You don't you don't give a crap. You just do stuff. You no, like, and so then you're I, good that way. And I started. I left the room, and then I mean, you've been to many hotels, so they have a bunch of little conference rooms, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. walking down the hall trying to find the elevator or the stairs. And I realized that Coach K is right in front of me. They're taking me <laughs> to another room for another interview. Yeah. Um, turns out that interview was a sit down interview with Dan Schulman. Okay. So, um, so when I was right behind him, I just said, you know, I just, he didn't see me cause he wasn't looking at me, but I said, Hey coach, how's your back? And oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, Oh, my back's fine now. It's my knees that are the problem. And oh, actually God. he had talked about his knees and his hips, um, in the press conference, how like he's 71, but his knees, one of his knees is a year old. Another one is two years old. Um, one of his hips is, is 21 and the other hip is turning 18, uh, in a few weeks. And he even said, we're having a birthday party for my left hip, uh, in a few weeks in Durham. If, if you're all invited, if you'd like to come to the birthday party, he's getting old, he's really getting old, but you he know, looks like... good. He looks at, he looks very good actually. Yeah. But I mean, it's going to come a day in the not so distant future where, you know, someone else is going to take over the program. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, so anyway, then, then I was about to leave, um, but I decided, you know what, let me try and get some Wi-Fi here so I can send you some stuff. And then I'm just minding my own business in the lobby, like fiddling with my phone. I was looking at my phone, not even looking up. And all of a sudden who walks right by me and says hi to me. Maybe, says hi to you. Yeah, maybe because I was wearing credentials. I don't know why. Yeah. It's Jay Billis. <laughs> but why did he say hi to you? I don't know. He just said hi and he kept why. And then I said, oh, hey, Jay, do you mind if I take a picture with you? He's like, sure. So he did. And and I sent that to you. And then. That's nuts. And that then he is goes nuts. To the, he, Jay Billis. That's your favorite guy. He, you, yeah. you proclaimed on one of the episodes early last year or I don't know, some point when we talked about college basketball that. He's the only person in the college basketball media that knows anything about anything. He is the smartest, in my opinion. Yeah. He always has a lot of good ideas on, on how to fix the game, how to fix the NCAA. Right. Um, and so, you know, and he truly wants to fix it. And, and yeah. you know, because it's college sports, they don't have a commissioner like you would in professional sports. But if they did have a commissioner, it should totally be him. Yeah, so, he would do better than the president of the NCAA who's really not looking out for the sport or necessarily the student athletes more their own reputation sometimes they're looking out for of course 
So then, then he went to check in. I saw him like in a, from a distance, you know, at the check-in desk. And then he starts walking back towards where I was standing. So I figured, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to ask him a question. I'll pull out my my phone and ask him a question. (laughs) So, so I'm like, do you mind if I just ask you a question? And he knew you were recording it. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. He's like, right now? I said, yeah, it'll be quick. I mean, we could do it later if you want. He's like, no, now's okay, whatever. So so I asked him the same question that I asked Coach K about the new NCAA rules. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he gave me quite a lengthy, um, thoughtful answer, which uh, I recorded, and, and we'll play it for the listeners so you can hear exactly what he said. I don't want to paraphrase and misquote him. Uh, we're with Jay Billis from uh, ESPN. Um, Jay, can you comment on the new NCAA rules where uh, student-athletes will be allowed to have agents and also um, if they enter the NBA draft and they don't get picked, they'll be allowed to come back to their school? Well, it's, it's only some student-athletes that may be allowed, and, and it's contingent upon the NBA taking action of its own to essentially eliminate the one-and-done rule. So only, only certain players that have been invited to the Combine would be allowed to come back if they're undrafted. So if they were drafted, they wouldn't be allowed. And then any player that wasn't invited to the Combine would not have that same benefit. Uh, and similarly with, uh, with regard to agents, only players that were considered elite uh, as judged by USA Basketball, and I don't know what that number is going to be. Is it going to be top 25? Is it going to be top 50 players? There are a number of players beyond the top 50 that are have tremendous value in the marketplace yet they wouldn't be allowed to have an agent to get the, the sort of the high level advice that one would need to make an informed decision so it's while you give the NCAA credit for moving at least with some deliberate speed instead of their usual glacial pace and you give them credit for good intentions uh it doesn't seem workable to me uh there shouldn't be a cutoff for seeking good advice you wouldn't tell the elite players well you can have a good doctor and everybody else, you're on your own. You wouldn't do that. Uh, why would you do that with regard to uh, to sort of legal advice or the advice that you would get from an agent as to your market value when you're making a, a very valuable decision, an important decision for your financial future? And to me, when you're if you're going to welcome back the the best players to college if they don't get drafted, why wouldn't you welcome back everybody? We're either about education or we're not. So if you want young people, even if they make a decision you may not agree with, to be allowed to come back, they should all be allowed to come back. And uh, I've heard some people within the structure say that, uh, well, if we let everybody go, we'd have a chaotic situation. Well, that's on you. You know, you, you're, not, you're not telling any other student if they look to go get a job somewhere else that they can't come back to school. And why, why would you tell an athlete they can't come back to school and participate in an extracurricular activity? That doesn't make any sense to me, especially when, when something as valuable as education is on the line. Thank you very much. I appreciate sure that. Thanks. Enjoy your stay here. So it's quite the day you had there, Josh. Like brush with celebrities and it's unbelievable. So, so actually, then again, I was about to leave, but then I saw... There's more. There's more. Yeah, but the rest is not that exciting, but I'll tell you okay. anyway. So there's like, I don't know, six or eight students not players Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know they're like my size maybe even smaller and they're going back and forth between like the lobby and the elevator and there's like they got a van double parked in front and they're basically wheeling in tons of gatorade really (laughs) and other stuff like they've got video equipment they got to set up the room because they're gonna watch film and stuff you know how you know how teams are sure so so they're busy like working like crazy 
And so I stopped them. I started chatting with them. I said, so, you know, how many of you guys do this stuff? He's like, well, there's 14 of us total. But 14. Al- but only 14 s- guys. Well, but only seven of us travel. The other seven only do home games. The other, uh, uh, sorry, 14 of us do all the home games and seven of us travel. And the wow. first years, because they do this for four years, the first years don't travel. So some of them were second year, some were third and some were fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I said, you know, I could see how busy they were and they seemed to be quite excited. And then, and I said, well, so what do you do during the game? And he's yeah. like, one of them that was like, too much to even mention. They do a lot of stuff during the game. Yeah. We do everything except play basketball. <laughs> wow. That's mental. Yeah. Then because I was at a hotel and of course there's a lot of out of towners at the hotel. Right. Okay. A woman sees all these, these kids in these Duke golf shirts. So she walks up to them and in a really thick Southern accent, which I cannot duplicate, she says, are you all from Duke? <laughs> and then she sees, What was she doing there? Well, she's visiting a, Toronto. She, I don't know. She was there maybe on business. I have no idea. Right. So then she starts talking to them and then I then I finally left. The interesting thing about this whole story is that the last episode, two episodes ago, sorry, you sang on the podcast and I asked, is it okay for it to leave that in? And you said, of course, I don't mind people hearing me singing. Sure. And then today you didn't want to do a Southern accent though. I can't do a Southern accent. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that was your day. That's quite a day. Yeah, I, I mean, I did other things today, which no one cares about. Like, I got an x-ray on my ankle, but whatever. How is your ankle doing? Uh, it's in a little bit of discomfort. Um, I haven't gotten the results of the x-ray, but uh, I haven't been able to play sports in almost two weeks. What happened? How did it start? I was playing soccer, which I never play. You were what? Playing soccer, which I never play. We have this sports day once a year. This yeah. guy organizes this sports day once a year where he invites, like, like 18 guys up north to his cottage Mm -hmm. and we start the day by playing ball hockey and then and then we play baseball and then we play soccer and and teams are picked in the morning and you're on the same team for all three sports okay the captains have a difficult thing to do because they have to pick someone not i used to do this in camp when i was 12 right they have to do they have to pick someone who's good at all three sports well none of us are none of us are good at soccer no so, but some of us are good at ball hockey and some of us are good at baseball. And, you know, there's one or two guys that are good at everything. So you rolled your ankle in soccer? Well, it was weird. I didn't actually roll it. It feels like I rolled it. Mm-hmm. But I was just standing there minding my own business. And the ball hit me. Like someone took a shot and it hit the side of my foot, like my ankle. Oh you know, but it's not a baseball or a hockey puck or anything like that. So... I'm like, you know, I didn't even acknowledge it. It, it hit my foot and whatever. Then I took a step and the very next move. step I took, like I almost fell to the ground because I couldn't put any weight on my right leg. It was the weirdest wow. thing. Wow. And I figured, okay, this is going to go away on its own. I'll be fine tomorrow morning. Well, 13 days later, I'm still not fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So so you can't do anything. No ball I mean, hockey, no softball. I nothing. can walk like luckily, but... The other day I had to run for the bus and I had trouble running for the bus. <laughs> you're like a little, you're like uh, hobbling to the bus. It wasn't fun, let me tell you. <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> so. Well, that's the show. I'm just kidding. Yes, that could be it. Well, I mean, I'm so happy that you recapped like everything that you did today. I mean, 
look, I kind of knew some of the stuff that you were up to because you were filling me in a little bit during the day, but I didn't know all the details and, you know, all your adventures there at the, the press conference. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so jealous. Wow. So when are, when are you, are you going to both games, right? Against Ryerson and U of T? When are they? So yeah, I'm going to both. The first one's Wednesday, 7 p.m. And then the next uh-huh. one is Friday at 6 p.m. Right. And then I'm going with my son, Matthew, on Sunday afternoon against McGill. Very nice. I wish so I could go exciting. to that one with you, actually. It, 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 I can't wait. I really can't wait. I hope it's, I'm sure it's going to be so much fun. And uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Look, are the starters going to be playing? I don't know. We'll see. Well, there are two guys who are on the trip who are injured who definitely will not be playing. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still like a treat to see Duke in person. I mean, the last time I saw them play in person was in the NCAA tournament it's many, many years ago. I saw them in 2014 when they played in Syracuse. You're right. I remember that. I remember you told me you went. Yeah, that's good. 2014. That's just like a few years ago. It's nothing. Jalil Okafor was on the team that year. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's the year they won the, ta- that's the, year they won the championship. Exactly. Oh, that's my favorite Duke team. Well, I should, shouldn't say that. Bobby Hurley era is still number one. Of course. So, um, you know, as the as we mentioned, you know, we haven't recorded an episode since July 15th. And all we've talked about so far is Duke, which is fine. It's our show. We're allowed to talk about whatever we want. I just want to, like, fill you in on some of the stuff that happened since we last since we last recorded because a lot of crazy stuff happened. Okay. First of all, the Boston Red Sox are now 85 and 35. Let that sink in. I went to see them play a game since the last yeah. time we spoke. Right. Oh, against Toronto. Yes. Was that the game where uh they hit a um what's his JD Martinez at a home run in like the ninth inning? No. Uh he may have. They won 10-5 the game I was No, not at. JD Martinez, Mitch Moreland, sorry. I don't think Moreland hit a home run no. in the game I was okay. at. They won the game 10-5. Right. They won um, one game, he's... they won one game 10-7. They uh, they won they won the second game 10-5 and then they lost mm-hmm. the third game. I was at the middle okay. game. And also since we recorded the Sox and Yankees had their big series, four game series where all the Yankees fans thought we're going to win this series, we're going to get back in the division race and the Sox swept all four and now the Yankees are ten, nine and a half games back and they haven't but did you see the, the last of those four games? The Yankees totally blew it. They should have won that fourth game. Well, the fourth, the the, the Red Sox should have won all the first three. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the the fourth game, they totally blew it. Totally blew it. It was Araldis Chapman who blew it in the ninth. But also, the third baseman made an error on the would have been the ended the would have ended the game. Yeah, right? Miguel Andujar. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. You don't listen to um, Bill Simmons, but you know he has his buddy, Jacko. He's like the Yankees fan. that He has him on all the time. I'm oh, sure I've told you about him. You probably did. He's on often, and one's a Yankees fan, one's a Red Sox fan, and they take shots at each other. He, His Yankees guy went on a rant about the Yankees right after they had lost four straight. Mm-hmm. It was full of swear words. They don't bleep anything out on Bill Simmons. It's not like us where we're trying to keep our explicit rating as no. Okay. <laughs> they, they He swore a million times, cursing out all these players and had didn't have very kind, much kind words for the first base situation on the Yankees. He's kind of mad that they ba- basically can't find a major league first baseman who can some 
play a little bit of defense and hit a little bit because he's not happy with all their their cast of thousands there. So it's pretty interesting. I want to tell you about more things that happened since we last spoke. Okay. Johnny Manziel got traded to the Montreal Alouettes. That's true. He did. And and you know what? Like, there was so much hype about this trade. Oh, yeah. I've never seen, not just in in Canada and in the United States. I've oh, never no. seen a story. I was in the United story. States when it happened. All they did was talk about it on ESPN like crazy. I've never seen a story, a sports story, have so much hype in both countries. I mean, there's been things that have been very important yeah, in Canada. Yeah, but not other like things, this. Other things that have been very important in, in the States, but... I've never seen a story that's been like everyone's talking about it. I, I and mean, then he promptly threw four interceptions his first game. So right. In fairness, happening. one of them was not his fault. And in fairness, the Alouettes are base are complete garbage. Exactly. They're not a good team. So um he did he did considerably better in his second game. Yeah, I mean they still have a lousy team, so there's only so much he's gonna be able to do because the team stinks. It's the problem is mostly the defense with that team anyway. It's the whole thing, the GM, the coach, they're like a minor league operation in a, in a second-rate league. You know, like, what do you want to do? You know, like... <laughs> um, also, since uh, we last recorded, the Major League trade deadline happened. Oh, yes. And the trade deadline in my Fantasy Baseball League happened. Oh, even... Was there any big deals in the Fantasy Baseball yeah, League? Yeah, there Controvers- were. And there were controversy? some controversial ones. I could tell you about them if you'd like. I want to hear about the controversial ones. Okay, first of all, real baseball. Let's start with real baseball. Yeah. The big move was Ian Kinsler got traded to the Red Sox. And so then he got injured. Huge. Yeah. And the, the Jays trading Ozuna to the Astros, which is... That's just, them, mean, that's just them getting rid of a problem that they didn't want to deal with. It's 100% them getting rid of a problem that they don't want to deal with. But, you know, in terms of a baseball move, it wasn't a good move, you know? Although, you're right, it wasn't. Although the guy they got, even though his... Giles? Number, yeah. Even though Giles's numbers are not good, yeah, and even though he has some anger management issues, because you might recall that he some anger management in the head. issues, yeah, some anger management issues. Do you see the clip of him swearing at the Astros manager when he got taken out of a game? No, but I saw him punching himself in the head. <laughs> well, that's even worse. I saw that one too. But you know, like here's a stat for you about Ken Giles. He has a zero ERA and a zero WHIP in save situations. So he only gives up runs and hits when it's not a safe situation. What, this is for the Jays or for the Astros? For, for the whole season, both teams combined. Oh, so he's doing fine. They just can't use him in non-safe situations. Yeah, but the thing is, he's they want to they wanna use someone good in the safe situations, and he hasn't proven well, that he can do that. He's actually their best closer right now. Like, they should he just was, use he him He was their safe- closer all of last year, and they won 100 and what? games right i don't know how many games they won over 100 and in the playoffs he kind of just he he fizzled and when the season started this year he's he just hasn't grabbed his spot and like you said it doesn't help that he's like a bit of a maniac right yeah anyway he did i think he got a save yesterday tell me about tell me about um the the controversial trade in your baseball do you know it off i heard or? yeah yeah i do i do <laughs> was you were you involved no no okay so it's a keeper league, as you know. Yeah. Was um, Book's brother involved? Yes. Oh, God. So so here's what happened. Um, so um, I guess I'll tell you the names of the people. So Book's yeah. nephew is in the pool as well. Right, okay. And he basically, he's in seventh place, and he's given up on this year for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. I mean, because you're only one spot out of a playoff spot, but whatever, that's his decision. 
Mm-hmm. So he just wants keepers. He wants right, okay. guys who are drafted low who can be kept. Did he trade with his dad? Well, this is shady as hell. So, and you haven't even told it to me yet. So he acquired um, the guy on, I think he's on the Indians, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, he's like, he's leading league in home runs. Right. So Or RBIs or both, I don't know. So he can be kept next year, I think, in the 11th round and the following year in the 10th round. Nice. Nice. So he got him mm-hmm. from his dad. Okay. Who's also the commissioner of the league, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and two other useless players. One of them is Ryan Braun, who's lousy now. And another one, I think, is Joe Musgrove or something. It, it wasn't a good player. Yeah, but who did he give? He gave up Mike Trout and Justin Verlander and Anthony Rizzo. No, that's ridiculous. That, that is ridiculous. That's what I said. Wait, are you, did this trade go through? I protested it. Book protested it. Derek protested it. Junior protested it. But there's no like veto button anymore. You just right, have to it's put the a commissioner message. Commissioner decides. Right. So I wrote messages on the message board. I even sent the commissioner a private message, an email, and I said, This is ridiculous. I realize Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in the league. I realize he can be kept for the next two years, but this is an uneven trade. Mike Trout, the best player in the American League. Justin Verlander, the best pitcher in the American League. And Anthony Rizzo. Like a guy who could be the MVP any season he plays. Right. For yeah, that's the trade. Right. So anyway, the, the people who actually commented thought it was ridiculous. I even sent an email to uh, Mark. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, did you see that trade? And he never wrote back to me. And he never... I wonder, if he doesn't, I wonder if he doesn't realize. Well, he must because he's been on to the website to make moves. Yeah, I guess. So he must so have it went seen through. It. The whole, so it went through. Yeah. Now, this happened a month ago, so it's not at the trade deadline. Yeah. But I have, on my team, potentially... Where is, where is the commissioner in the standings? I think he was in fourth place at the time. Okay. So I have, on my team, potentially the best keeper ever because I took Glaber Torres, who may win the Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. in the last round. Right. So he can be kept in the 21st round next year, the 20th the round 20th. the year after that, and the 19th round the year after that. So three years. And so a lot of people, a lot of teams who are, who are eliminated or thinking of next year have been trying to get him from me. Like they're offering all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I was offered like Clayton Kershaw and I forget some hitter, a good hitter. That's crazy. And I turned That's it crazy. down. And I was That's offered crazy. Madison Bumgarner and a good hitter and I turned it down. And then, um, about a week ago, Book's nephew offered me, um, who's the, the pitcher? Carlos Carrasco on Cleveland, yeah. who's really good. Yeah. And Eugenio Suarez, the third baseman on Cincinnati, who's also really good. For Glabar. For Glabar. And No, you want Mike Trout, Justin Verlander, and well, Anthony Rizzo. I'm not going to get those want. guys now because they're on a different team. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought about it. I thought about it for a long time, like a week. And I didn't accept or reject it. I thought about it. I didn't know what to do. And in the meantime, Tabby, who you also know, um, he decided that he was giving up on this year also. He's in like 10th place. So he posted a message that he's willing to trade Luis Severino and Manny Machado and David Price and Clay Bellinger. Sorry, Cody Bellinger. Did he trade those guys? He said, I'll trade any of them for good for good keepers who were drafted low. Yeah. So just for fun, I, I proposed to him Glaber Torres 
for for Luis Severino and Manny Machado. Yeah, okay. I just I proposed it. He accepts. And and if he if he had declined or rejected, I may have accepted the other trade which was um Carrasco and Suarez. Yeah, okay. So a whole day goes by and Tabby doesn't respond at all. And then I think a whole other day went by and Tabby doesn't respond at all. And now and now it's like it's it's Sunday, the day that the last day you can make trades. And I rejected um the other one. The other trade. And I, for some reason I left this one on the board. I don't even know why. I figured Tabby wasn't even going to respond to it and it the day would expire and and nothing would happen. All of a sudden, right. like on Sunday night around 6 or 7 p.m., um Tabby accepts the trade. <laughs> like no counter, no nothing. He accepts just the accepts. trade. Just accepts. Just accepts. And so I'm like, holy shit, I just got Manny Machado and um and uh Luis Severino, who yeah. by the way has been struggling lately, so I'm not sure I'm excited about him. Um anyway, so I did that. I'm in first place, by the way. Oh my god, that's crazy. And I also made another trade with Junior. I traded him Rick Porcello for uh, Yasmani Grandal because I needed a I love catcher. That. I love that trade. So, um, so those right, are the, good th- for you. Those are the only three trades that happened in the entire league the entire season. Those three trades. Wow. That's <laughs> it. I hope you win, and I hope uh, the commissioner loses. He deserves to lose for that uh, collusion with his son, his I, own son. I have to tell you, Derek's listening to this, and Derek was the one who was the most angry about the trade, um, and I don't blame him. Yeah, and him and I were going back and forth, just the two of us, like yeah. on, on private emails, not on the message board. And he he wasn't he was annoyed about the trade, but he was even more annoyed about um, Disco Biscuits' response. Right, because what did he say? It's fair, and that's he was it. basically like, he was basically de- like dismissive, like there's nothing wrong with this trade. You know, that's the nuance of keepers. Yada yada yada. I mean, I I can send you the whole thing, but you you won't care. Um, and it was, it was the dismissiveness that bothered Derek more than anything. And I agree with him a hundred percent. Wow. All right. Well, next week we'll have another fantasy baseball update. We'll see what happens. My pleasure. (laughs) One more thing in my list of things that happened since we last recorded. Okay. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero went into the hall of fame. He did. That's right. And we didn't go. And the most important thing that I want to tell you about. Oh, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. His speech was only three minutes long, it was fi- and it was I timed done by, it. via translator. It was your dream come true. You would have been in and out of there in three minutes, and we would have been on the road going back home. It was actually five minutes. I timed it, <laughs> and and yes, and yes, it was translated because it wasn't in English at all. Right. Um, so there was a translator there, and I watched this on television, and every single guy took like a half hour, oh. except for Vlad. He took like five minutes, which is perfect. It's perfect. That's well, all you need, right? Thank everybody. By the way, the thank NFL you, you, Hall of you, Fame induction, those guys talk for even longer. Oh, it was crazy how long they spoke. It was unbelievable. So I'm glad I didn't go, actually. Right. As I was watching it and I saw how hot and sunny it was there, I'm like, yeah. I'd be I'd be cooking like a chicken if I was sitting out there. <laughs> you would. You really would have been I'm cooking. glad I'm not there. I was happy. I was home in my air-conditioned house. Just think about happy you would have been af- leaving after the five-minute speech. Well, the and o- it wasn't even in English. Even better. The other good thing you was... you can't hear anything anyways. Vlad didn't go last. Vlad was like third one up or something. So that was good too. 
So before we sign off, I want to remind everybody that uh, make sure you never miss an episode of the Skip and Josh podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or the podcast app of your choice. And big news this week, Josh. We are on iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. So you can catch us there. Yeah. Um, If you listen via Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a review. Um, we would love to hear you via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, Twitter at skipandjosh, or by liking and following our Facebook page. And as always, um, skipandjosh.com has all the links. So you mentioned Vlad- Vladimir Guerrero. What you neglected to mention is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, he's tearing it up. In AAA has hit four home runs in four consecutive, one home run in four consecutive games. So four homers in four games. Right. And, and, and they're I not. And they're not going to call him up. I know it's only. I know it's only. Are they? Are they going to call him up? Or? They're not. They're not because they don't want to start his service time. Therefore, he'll become right. a free agent a year sooner. But will they call him up in September or not even? I'm not sure if the September call-ups count towards service time or not. I don't think they do. So I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure. But I mean, certainly for the fans in Toronto, you know, the Jays are 35 games behind the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. Exactly. That's much more of a, less of an indictment on the Jays' performance and more of a you know exclamation on the Red Sox' performance. Absolutely. But, um, I mean, I'm sure Jays fans want to see this guy, right? And I saw him make some crazy highlight play also on defense on on the, on the highlights. Also, the Jays did call up two guys from AAA today. One's gonna start on the mound today, and the other one's a catcher. So, oh, and apparently okay. they're both gonna play. All right, time so. for the young guys, right? Yeah. So as you remember, as you know, Josh, two episodes ago, we did our top sports songs. Mm. Very, very popular episode. So we had a little bit of uh, feedback on uh, our Facebook page with some listeners chiming in about some songs that maybe we had missed. So I just wanted to get your opinion. Really? Yeah. Well, actually, you, when you heard my list, I think there were three songs on my list that you were upset that you missed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Derek... You know, I think he's our number one fan now, to be honest. Okay. Um, He said one of his favorite sports songs of all time didn't get a mention. That was Eye of the Tiger. Okay. I put the Rocky theme, but, you know, I I can see Eye of the Tiger there. That's a good one. Um, I'm embarrassed for him to say uh, Cup of Life by Ricky Martin, which he he says, I believe, was written for the 1998 World Cup. I don't even know that I've heard that song, so... Me too. And then the song called The Happy Wanderer, also known as Valdery Valdera. Right, right. Yeah. But you kind of banned those, right? So No, Valdery Valdera, uh, yeah, I guess okay. I did ban And them. also, Na 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 Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad um, that, uh, I'm glad, yeah. you know, it wasn't an Mark, exhaustive list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mark from Philadelphia had a really good one, well, for me and him anyways. Um, a song called Bus Squad 1980 by Tommy Hutton. Now, you remember Tommy Hutton, the player? Of course. Okay. Mark used to have the 45, the single oh, I love final those. of this song called Bus Squad 1980. It's a song that, like, the Expos bench players sang. You know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, do you still have um, that 45? No, he, says he's, he says he might have it. I'm not sure. If I put that into my DVD player, will it play? <laughs> he could try. <laughs> He also mentioned World in Motion by New Order, which is the song from the... It's like the equivalent of the Three Lions, but from the 1990 World Cup. It was Mm -hmm. their song. Mm -hmm. Um, Peter Sangoff wrote, he's very happy that Anakin Slade got some love on our list. 
Although and Anakin Danny... stole stole this week in baseball a little bit. Yeah, he did. Well, he sampled it, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Uh, Danny Kavinko, fellow Duke fan, also said, uh, "Don't forget about the final countdown." Okay. Yeah. And also, um, actually, a pretty good one, which is "Sweet Georgia Brown," which is like the Harlem Globetrotters theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's these that's, are all uh, these are all good suggestions. I'm glad we uh, we stirred up some controversy. Well, not controversy, but I mean, <laughs> when you make a subject as broad as like best sports songs, there's a million of them, right? The list could be never ending. We could probably do each another top ten and come up with ten more. You're right. Well, not good ones, but we come up with ten more. Right? Not yeah. These were the ten best. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, like you said, I'm just happy we had the same number one. Well, Otherwise, I mean, that we wouldn't yeah. have done the show. That was the funniest thing. Like when I listened to it back, and you were like. That was the whole point of doing the list, which is to, to make sure we had the same number one. You know? <laughs> it was very fun. All right. So uh, enjoy the Duke uh, against the Ryerson and U of T. Thanks. And enjoy Duke versus McGill. And uh, we'll report back next week and talk about our adventures at the Duke games. Yeah, I think the Blue Devils are in tough. I don't know if they can pull these out, these victories. <laughs> it's going to be tough, right? McGill's going to throw some freak defense at them that they've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah six sure. guys on the court at the same time. That's what. Right. It's... Maybe then they have a chance. Yeah. Six guys. Right. All right, Joshy. Talk to you Talk later. Talk to you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. The Skip and Josh podcast is over now. Don't worry. There'll be another episode soon. <laughs>